Hey guys, welcome to CEO Radio, powered by Total Life Changes. As always, I'm your host, Yana Monet. I am joined by my buddy, Chike the Comedian today. As promised, this episode, we're gonna talk about the most important questions to ask on a first date. So you guys know the CEO status is for the mature audiences before we even get it started, okay? I'm under the assumption that if you're dating, you are dating for purpose. You're not dating to have sex. You're not dating to waste time because CEOs and CEOs value their time. So we're not dating just to do it, okay? We're dating for partnerships. So these questions are the questions that you need to be asking if you're looking for your partner so that you can build your empire, okay? So Chike, what's up? Just say hi to the people. Yeah, so I want to get it kicked off with the most important questions to ask on a first date. You're single, right? Happily. And and how is the dating world? I haven't been in it in a while. Uh, you're not missing out. <laughs> I figured. It is a fucking mess. And so for those who don't know, I I find I find solace in my my other hobby, which is a bartend. So uh, I bartend in downtown DC, where I meet some of the most uh, anti-social, pretentious. Uh, inside the box awkward people I've ever met in my life and you have that cluster of people who for some reason think that they have all those flaws against them and somehow want to enter the dating scene it just doesn't mix so I think that not only do they do that but when they interact with each other they do not I don't want to call it because it's not an interrogation but they don't ask the right questions for somebody who because again you, you said it best you're going on a date and let's say you know your guy has a pretty good job you meet a nice girl you're going on a date at a really nice restaurant i'm pretty sure you're not doing it as a formality i mean like you should be dating for a purpose most of the exactly. people are not they're just dating because once again that's just how it goes it's right a list yeah it's, it's a bucket list it's just you meet somebody you take them out on a date you know i've, I've heard the whole like going dutch thing is oh, now yeah. a thing yeah it's like, who, what is going on in dating yeah, world? Never been to Europe. I want to go Dutch. <laughs> never been to Europe. I have no idea what the whole passport. going to Dutch, the, why does the man have to pay for the first day, all that crazy stuff. So we're going to get into the, the real questions, the meat and the potatoes of what you need to be asking. Because again, as CEOs and CEOs, we're not about wasting no time. Nope. And I know I just used a double negative. Don't kill me. We are not about wasting time. That's where editing comes in. No, we're not editing oh, anything. No, I'll no. Keep, keep it raw. It's raw. Points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first question you want to ask is, what is your role in a relationship? Now, this question will answer so much, and it'll tell you, like, is a second date coming? Automatically. Because for me, I know what I bring to the table. So I know what I need my partner to have. So if this question, the answer to this question doesn't line up, then automatically, check please. So let me ask you this, it's even further this. Do you feel that the answer to this question should be almost as immediate? Or, or do, you, do you give somebody a window to, to, to think it through? Because I feel like, like you, said, like you said, if we're talking to the true CEOs and CEOs who are listening, if you, if, you, if you embrace this and understand it properly, if you're asked this question, it shouldn't take long to have an answer. You're right, it shouldn't. So, so on the flip side, if do you do you feel like there's a window where engaging somebody out during a dating scene or during a date that the answer doesn't come as fluid or quick? Is that a, is that a telltale sign of a yellow flag? Um, well, it could be. It definitely would be a yellow flag if it's kind of 
like, hey, get back to me in 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. Like, either you've never dated before or you're trying to figure it out. A lot of times people are trying to figure out what you want so that they can pretend to be what you want for that short while to get whatever it is they're trying to get. So when you come out the, off the break, like, what's your role in the relationship? I'm talking about at the appetizer, okay? Yeah. What's your role in the relationship? It will tell you, and it, and it kind of makes it clear for both of you. Most people haven't been asked that question. A lot right? of people. 98% of the people have not been asked that question. So for me, when I asked my partner that question, again, on the first date, what's your role in the relationship? He was like, I'm a provider. I work and I take care of myself. I take care of my family. That's my role in a relationship. I take care of my woman. And for me, I'm like, good, because I want to be taken care of. So <laughs> let me let me let me let me uh, piggyback on that because I want to make I'm gonna make sure we're clear to the listeners to what that actually does mean as well. So as a as a man, if you are single and you're like and you're looking to get in a dating scene, being a provider means specifically this to me. It means not only can you take care of yourself by sufficiently yourself. by yourself. Mm-hmm. But when you add a partner into the situation, it does not hinder anything. Shit keeps rolling just as it did before. If your answer is I'm a provider, then you understand that you provide for yourself and the other person. Anyone who's added in the equation also gets provided for. Exactly. Just as equally as you would. Absolutely. So if, 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 if you don't fit into that, then don't answer that, don't answer that falsely because you, either you don't understand what your role is, or you your role is, is circumstantial. The role that you play is circumstantial, and so yeah. which means you shouldn't be dating yet. Exactly. You're not ready to be dating if it's still circumstantial to who it is. You exactly. need to figure out what you want. And it, but it's nothing wrong with saying, you know, I'm a half and half type of person. I like I like equality in my relationship. I like my woman and I both to work and I like for us both to be responsible for the bills and both to be responsible for the kids. You can answer that question too. You can answer just like that. Again, what you're doing is making both of you aware of your position automatically. I am the, what do you call it? I'm the quarterback, I'm the wide receiver. There's no confusion about whose role is what. And, And that's where a lot of people get mixed up in relationships is people don't know what their role and position is. Absolutely. I I feel like, uh, you know, and and to just lastly touch up on this, I feel like the the role is, and I'm not knocking anybody who who feels like, especially if you find that your partner is agreeable with the whole half and half, uh, and that has to be established in the beginning. Exactly. You're giving that person an opportunity to agree. But what I will say is that, if if I'm being honest, I feel like the, the individual who has fully embraced the CEO status from the male perspective exactly is somebody you know this is like it's like when you watch the National Geographic there's this one episode I saw I think it was BBC Earth and it was this one uh, episode where like they were talking about like elephants in Savannah and you have like the mother elephant who's the biggest elephant in the herd and she's only the biggest baddest elephant until the bull elephant comes along <laughs> so you can be as alpha as you want and fake like you're alpha until you meet a real alpha and a real alpha only behaves a certain way. Right. So you don't fake like, you know, yeah. your, your role is you say you want to be the alpha male or alpha whatever, and you don't embrace fully what the alpha does or is. Exactly. Don't, bu- don't bullshit yourself exactly. on that. Because so some men will tell you when, when it comes to the level of success, when you talk about a guy who gets shit done, who's a true alpha, he makes moves, he gets shit done. He doesn't, he doesn't need somebody to ask him for things to get done. It gets done. 
and people understand that. And it, 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 it comes with a demeanor, it comes with a swag, it comes with a personality that, that showcases that. So when you bring that up front, when you make decisions, so for example, it could be something as simple as you tell you tell the person on a date, like, you know, I, I, I'm a man who likes to provide, I like to be the alpha, I like to make decisions for my woman, I like to make sure that when I speak and get things done, she knows that it's from a person who knows that he's, she, he's gonna take care of her and get things done. And then if you say that right afterwards, if you do it smooth enough, you literally can order the entire dinner for her, and she don't gotta say a goddamn thing about it because she's realized, oh, this is uh, this is happening right now. Exactly. This is a man exactly. who takes. This is a man who's uh, who's who's he's implementing this this theory right, right now. now. And I say that this is the first question because it sets the tone for the rest of the date. Yep. You now know that this, and I only I only even touched on the half and half thing because I know there are people who are doing that, but real CEOs, they're not doing that half and half shit. Okay. Well, I mean, you, you, I mean, again, you all can listen to, but yeah, if, if, if you're still listening, it's going to get, it's going to go a little far for you. These next points, these next bullet points are going to go a little So we hope you stick around for that. It's very important to know the role because, Hey, if you say half and half, then you already know I'm paying for this date. I'm paying for my half, my meal. Is this an expensive restaurant? Do I want to stop it here? Do I got money on you? You have the opportunity to make another CEO decision from right. that point. So that's why that is the number one question. All right. So the number two question, I know you guys have heard this one before, are what are your short term and what are your long term goals? Short term being something like the next three years, long term being five to 10 years. Yeah. That's important to know because if you're if you're purposely dating someone, you need to know that they're going in the same direction as you. I like to use the metaphor of being in a car. Now, because my partner is a provider, he is the driver. Right. I am the support system, I'm the passenger. Right. I need to know that, Kenji's talking guys, I need to know that I'm getting in the car and we're going to the destination that I intend to go to. That you're not just gonna swerve off and go some other crazy type way, you're going where you say you're gonna go. Right. So that's why those short-term and long-term goals are super important, but that's kind of self-explanatory. You wanna know, you know, does this person intend to, to live the same life and lifestyle that you intend to live? If you're planning on like, you know, having a family and you're like, oh, I'm 28 now. I wanna have kids before I'm 30. And he say his three-year plans is to go live in the Maldives, you're like, okay, wait a minute. I don't know if that's a good place to raise kids. <laughs> you know, you have an opportunity. Again, I talk about love and love being logical. Every decision that you make to be logical. So these questions are meant to open people up. They're open-ended questions. They're not, they're not yes or no questions. They're open-ended questions so that people can be honest of, of who they are and what they want in life so that you, because you're dating purposefully, you know what you want. So all you're trying to figure out is does this person align with me? It's kind of like an interview at this point, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I feel like, it is like so, No, but let, let's be honest here. If you, if this was a real interview and it's a job you really want, then there's no question that's going to be asked to you that's going to catch you off guard. You're going to knock out those questions yeah. because the end game is you want this job and you know what you can bring to that company. So okay. mm-hmm. it, it, it should be, I mean, you can use the same analogy. Look at it the same way. If you really want that job, there's no question that should be asked of you where you feel like, oh man, I got thrown a curveball. I guess I'm not getting this job. Like, no, because there's somebody else who's going to give the proper answer, mm-hmm. who's going to give the right answer, mm-hmm. and is going to get that job, which is that 
eventual relationship with that significant other. So um, I think it's beneficial for both parties. Yeah. Because if you know he answers. I'm a provider, and she answers, I'm a provider, then you know that those are two alphas, and he might be like, you know what, I ain't about to be dealing with no alpha female, and so it gives both of you guys an opportunity to to really reevaluate the situation. Well, let me ask you, you think that, you think that two, we think that two alphas, male and female, no. pose a, 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 an unworkable conflict? Absolutely. Okay. Two enough. alphas, doesn't matter what sex they are, cannot work together, fair cannot, enough. absolutely not. Um, all right, the third question is how important is a nuclear family structure to you? That is super, super important. Very high say, on the list. Very high on the list. That is very high because when we say nuclear family, we're talking mom, dad, child. How important is it for you to have a mother, father in the child's life? Or do you think it's fine that just one parent does it? That's important to know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is like you know, and I'll, I'll speak from a cultural perspective. So, you know, I'm I'm first generation Nigerian, and there's a there's a cultural understanding in our family that when you marry somebody, if I'm mar- if I'm gonna marry a woman, um, and my family's pretty big, so uh, we're pretty close knit. You know, it's a big community. So if I'm marrying a woman, you're not just marrying that woman. Uh, you're marrying the family structure that's attached to that. Yeah. So. It, it might not even be the fact that she particularly might, you know, have been familiar with uh, a nuclear family structure directly. But, you know, you, you look at you look at that you look at her family in general and say, do you see a consistency of a nuclear family structure? Mm. And that can only give you an idea of whether she values it, or because again, she can tell you that she does value it. But if you have no if you have no evidence in looking at her, mm. her family history. There hasn't been that in her mm-hmm. life. Are you going to take her at her word? No. So, and I realistically, think. if things go south, are you really surprised? Right. So, you, I feel like you have to take that into account because, you know, me, you know, and, and it's it's a. This is why I feel like there's, um, and I, I give credit to all the single moms out there, but there's single a, parents, single parents, yes, but there's a role that a, a man plays and. In a relationship and in a child's life that cannot be mimicked by a woman. I'm I, just gonna. I'm, I'm just gonna. A, I'm a spiritual person. I'm a yin and a yang of uh, masculine and feminine energy type of person. So I think everybody could kind of agree on masculine and, and feminine energy. And I think each child, every child, no matter if it's a boy or a girl, they need that balance. Yes. Life needs that balance. Yes. So one person, even though we all have masculine and feminine energy within us, mm. one of them is usually more pronounced yes more pronounced and so you have a mother raising a single mother raising a child versus a single father raising a child it's gonna be different but if you have two you get that balance and that's that is really important i've seen the products and i think we all have seen the products of single parents single parent versus you know people who grew up with a mother and a father. That honestly was on my checklist. When I made my checklist of the person that I wanted, I wanted somebody who grew up in a mother uh, and a dual parent household. Right. That was important to me. I did not. And because I did not, I understood what I was missing out on. And I wanted to reestablish myself within, uh, uh, realign myself with somebody who did value that, whose family did show a pattern of mom and father in the household. Yeah. So, and another, uh, one thing too is that, you know, the, the, the nuclear family structure is very important because you, you're not, at this point, you're not thinking a 
about, it's not just you. You have to think about what that unit means to the potential children you are going to have. Absolutely. Because, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's they mock about it in, 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 in the TV culture that we have right now where when you have a kid who doesn't have a mom or dad in the household, the kids, the kids who do have the parents make fun of you. You're the, you're, you're the, you're the, the, uh, the black, the, the black duck in the, in yeah. the family. So, you know, or the, in, in your social group. So you want to make sure that it's important to both of you because you want to make sure that structure, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like if a, if a kid has, you know, take your parent to work, uh, take your parent mm-hmm. to school day and, you know, your mom doesn't really have the credentials to have be somebody you want to bring to work and then you know, you, and then you, so she doesn't come and you go to school and you see your other friends bringing their dads to work who's maybe somebody you never met in your life and... You know they have they're having these great jobs. One's a physicist, one's a nuclear scientist, mm-hmm. one's a doctor, one's a lawyer, and you don't have that reference point. That that's that stuff sticks with a kid. Absolutely. That, that stuff resonates with a kid, and they come home starting to ask more questions than you probably think you're ready for as a single parent. So, you know, I'm not saying that if you're in that position now, there's a there's a switch to fix that. But that's why we're talking about in the dating scene when you're sitting down with your date. That's why these are important questions to ask as a prerequisite because. You're, you have to think, part of this is having the ability to think critically six, seven, ten years down the line. Absolutely. Think, and think about the situation where you could be in with this individual or without them. And if you yeah. can't think that far down the line and where you may be, then you might want to start asking yourself some different questions. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't be dating right now. Yeah, maybe you should castrate yourself. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Not castrate. <laughs> I, I mean, like, you got you to put all options on the table. Man. I just feel like... No, no bullshit. No. <laughs> I mean, like, some people, in, uh, some people in our society currently need to be castrated. And I think, just... to go back to the point that you made about... You know, not being surprised. If the person, if you ask the person a question and they're like, well, I was raised by a single mom and I'm turned out okay, so it's not really a big deal to me, then you need to think about that because you're dating with a purpose. You're a CEO, you're a CEO, you're trying to build an empire. So you need a structure in order to do that. So if that person is like, oh, well, it's not that big a deal, then you now have to think about if I have a child with this person, they're not going to stay because of a child yeah that, that's not going to keep them there yeah. i told you earlier about the, uh, the story of the guy that i know that got married because he had a child young and he was he was a single father but he did not want to live a bachelor lifestyle with a child he understood the responsibility that came with being a parent right. so he found somebody culturally aligned with him who also had a child who he respected their parenting style and he married her for the purpose of giving his child that family structure because it was important. When his child became 18, they got a divorce. But he went into that as a, as a, as a, as you could say, a business or just logically, like, what's more important than what I want to do? I want to live this bachelor it's, lifestyle. It's thinking beyond yourself. Thinking beyond yourself. That's what CEOs and CEOs do because we're running empires. It's not about us. Yeah. It's about our the next generation and every and every generation to follow. So that is a super important question because you know people will argue all day. I always had a single mom and I turned out fine. Yeah, but you probably would have turned out better had you had both. Yeah. I'm just saying half the obstacles you face, you probably wouldn't have faced had you had both. So why set your next children up for that? That's why you want to ask that question early on. That way you get the answer so that you can begin to put that calculation into your formula of is this person right for me. Um, the next uh, important question, this is number four of five, 
What is your most important asset? You want to ask them what their most important asset is. If they tell you their car, get the fuck up and walk away. Okay? <laughs> so why are you accusing <laughs> Absolutely not. What is your most important asset? For me, and for us CEOs, CEOs, everybody, we're agreeing. It's our time. Our, our time is our most important asset. Yeah. So really, if he's saying things like, my car, your CEO, your CEO, you understand? That's a liability. That's never an asset. Yeah. Your house that you live in is never an asset. That is always a liability. So if he's giving you anything material as the most important asset, this is your opportunity to get that red flag and really to see where their values lie. Yeah, I mean, finish your drink before you leave. But I feel like, you know, <laughs> like that's an opportunity to definitely like, walk up from the table. So, I, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if, if you mean this also with this question where um, is it, are you also referring to an asset you, is this, is this separate from like an asset you bring to the table or like what you find, what is it, wh- where do you prioritize what's important to you? Yeah, it's okay. your value. When, okay. you, when I say it's your asset, asset, you can change it to value, but we use assets because we talk in business terms here. So, right. what's your most, what's your, what's your most important asset? Well, yeah. So I think we talked about this before. I think this is a when when you discuss how men uh, put put a definition to love and women do. I mean, I, I honestly believe that men. The reason why there's a this misunderstanding that most people don't focus on with men and women is that men show we love women. For example, with why is it just like, you know, well, you know, you don't hold my hand or they're like, no, well, that's not what I do. Like if you, you should not question that I love you because, you know, when you come home, when you come home, there is a house with all the lights on, the mm-hmm. bills are paid. Uh, you have a car that has gas in it. Mm-hmm. You can drive wherever you want. Mm-hmm. If you need something bought, it gets bought. Mm-hmm. If you ask me for something, it gets taken care of. How mm-hmm. on earth are you asking me a stupid question? Like, do I love you? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the male perspective. And I think if you, if you can't process that, that's why there's that there's that difficulty in the economy. So, you know, I think that you know that 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 don't lose sight of that because that's that's very important here. So when you know what you're bringing to the table as an asset, that's where you know the differentiation of what's most important to him and what's most important to you, and finding that middle ground. Yeah. But but as, as you say, Yana, it should not be something tangible. No, it should absolutely. be it should be a value system. It should be values. Yeah, it should yes. be values that you that you put. And then the more nuanced that they are, the more you realize, okay, there's something here that I want to build on. I want I want I want to dig into that. Uh, but you know, and I, let me let me point this out. And I, I use this analogy in one of my bit one of my bits is that you know, uh, a man at his highest position will always elevate a woman to her highest position. I guarantee you right now there is no woman out there who is saying that she feels good being better than her man. Absolutely not. Like, like anyone Listen, who's out there saying that, stop bullshitting yourself, please. Hell no. Jeff Bezos' wife, right? Right. That's Jeff Bezos' wife, they just got divorced. She got $32 billion. Okay? He elevated her. Yeah, she exactly. wasn't worth $32 billion before they got together. And that's just not even just monetarily. Just the things that she, the things that you're exposed to as a millionaire versus the things you're exposed to as a billionaire. He exposed her to those things. Yeah. That is an elevation. So women don't we don't we don't look at it that way. That's why you have a lot of women who are successful, a lot of CEOs, and I really want you women to hear this, especially like the ones who are like feminists and we're independent, we could do the same thing men do. Yeah, you could, but how happy are you gonna be? Exactly. Right? Like no, I've never seen a successful woman 
at the top of her game happy with a man that she makes more money than. No, it just doesn't it work. It doesn't work that way. So this is why last. this is why I bring this back to in another bit another bit that I did with the king and queen system. As much as people say it's antiquated, there's a reason why it works successfully for hundreds, if not thousands of years. So if yeah. I'm the king and I find some whack-ass nobody chick off the street and I marry her, she has been elevated from the most nobody whack chick to the queen of the kingdom. Yes, she's yeah. the baddest bitch in the land. <laughs> and what's even better, if you haven't realized it, is that if there's any other woman in the kingdom around who actually physically looks better than the queen, it doesn't fucking matter. Because if that if that chick who's prettier has an audacity to come out of her mouth and talk shit about the queen, the queen's gonna be off with them bitches' heads. Off with her head. Uh, honey, my lord, uh, who are these whack bitches talking shit about your queen? Get rid of them, That's and the it gets the done. Exactly. Really but on the flip side, I mean, like, look, just just see how the dichotomy is different. If a, if the queen, but for whatever reason, her father didn't have any male heirs to the throne, <laughs> marries a dude. That's not the king. No. That's the queen's husband. <laughs> that, that, that's, that is factual. That's factual. That and it, it, so, yeah. so ask yourself, people, why do you think that that system has always been that way and has never changed? Because mm-hmm. the king at the highest position, and let's be real here. I mean, like, the queen is an awesome position. Hell yeah. It's but be clear, the queen is the king's bitch. Oh, no. So don't get caught up, but the, the, you know I'm being real. Don't get caught up in it's 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 the anecdotal person that says, "Oh my God, I'm nobody's bitch." No, you're the queen. You're getting caught up in word terminology because what you were before is a nobody bitch. <laughs> now you're the queen bitch. Congratulations. <laughs> now let me explain to you all the great perks that come with this position while you're being oh. emotional about words, and then the all the whack nobody bitches will never have the access you have. So. Stop getting caught up in the words. People, people who are again, this, this, the PC society we live in right now, who people who are politically correct, they get caught up in words, and you know, they focus on the delivery and not the message. Right. The delivery is not about being called somebody's bitch. You're the queen. Yep. So even if I call you the king's bitch, that's still synonymous with the queen. Yep. So no, no chicks higher than you, and that that king who knows how to operate as the king has now elevated you. So one, you're welcome. And two, now that you are queen, take advantage of that position. Oh, yeah. Because you are in a good spot, my lady. Absolutely. I hope... <laughs> that one that that one right there is, is going to touch a lot of people. I hope it does, man. Yeah, I hope it does physically and theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and the final question that you want to ask, and how you word it is important, because I was trying to figure out how to word this last question... I'm, I'm very direct, so I would just yeah. kind of go straight for the juggler. I speak from experience, guys. She is, she, it doesn't matter how close you are, you're not avoiding this one with her. <laughs> you're not. Do you know your credit score? Ooh. You want to ask Awkward somebody that. silence. This, the reason that you want to ask is because, from my experience, what I've learned is people who don't know and who are, who are oblivious to their credit score... You know two things. One, their credit score is shit. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know it, that means you have not been working on it. Yeah. Right? So you don't know what it is. And two, that they don't keep up with their finances. So as a CEO or as a CEO, you want to know. Now, notice I didn't say, what is your credit score? I said, do you know your credit score? Right. Okay? That's important. Now, you know, this one is kind of subject because people could lie. I'm like, yeah, I know my credit score. But, 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 but the thing, we, we talked about these other topics before, building an empire, you know, 
we all know that. Let's be real. Let's let's speak. Let's speak specifically to the African American community. I think this hits a lot of hits home a lot of us because I don't think a lot of us take the effort. And I'll speak. I'll speak from experience to purposely know what their credit score is. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about building an empire, when so I'll use an example. I have a friend of mine who works with me. His name is Jordan, and he met his wife Alex through the same company, and they no longer work for the company anymore. But Jordan is the the most oblivious goofball if left to his own devices would not figure out his hand from his foot but when he married Alex he told me Alex made sure that a point of emphasis when they were together now just to be clear guys Alex has a 790 credit score Alex made sure and told Jordan now that we're married I'm going to make it a point of emphasis that your credit score is no lower than 750 now mind you Jordan when he married Alex he told me this he said his credit score and it was her that made him check into it. His mm-hmm. credit score when he first when he first got together with her was, and they've been married for three years, three years now. His credit score was uh, 490. Oh my Jesus! And now, and the only reason why it went lower is because they're looking for a car together, and mm-hmm. it, it, he took a hit. But his credit score now is 750. Yep. So there's nothing, and and, and I, I can't stress how important this is because now that I'm taking emphasis on it myself. There's nothing more beautiful than knowing that when you combine those two individuals together, that is a power couple. There's no, <laughs> there's no car dealership you're gonna walk in. There's no nope. mortgage uh, dealer you're gonna walk up to nope. and not feel that you're gonna get what you want out of the situation. And let's think about it too. You save so much money. Yeah. Like when you think about a person with a good credit score dating a person with bad credit score, or being in a committed, you know, relationship. So, say the provider has the good credit score and the supporter doesn't have a good it's gonna cost the provider a lot of money mm-hmm. paying for a car note that has a 25% interest rate. Yeah. It costs it costs money. Two people with bad credit scores should not even be dating. If you got a poor credit score or you don't even know what your credit score is, let's say that because you can have poor credit. If you don't know what your credit score is, don't go on a date. You need to be going to credit karma. You need to be dating Experian and TransUnion. Don't be dating, all right? Go figure out what your credit score is first before you get on Tinder. Real you, shit. You do realize that because of what you just said, there's going to be a lot of empty bars now because of you. Because people are going to be reevaluating themselves like, well, I guess I'm not going out tonight. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Real, real shit. Because it costs a lot, a lot of money. I cut my, my, my car note down. So you guys know, about two years ago, I was at a 580, paying 11% on my car. I refinanced my car 2%. Literally half cut my car note in half and I didn't extend it and I'm still paying the same car note So I'm gonna pay less interest over time. That's gonna save my provider a lot of money You're not a power couple if your credit is shit. You're not Well, were you powerful in? you have no pull and I've learned too that having a good credit score gives you a confidence Yeah, it gives you another air of confidence because you know that you take care of your shit. Yeah, you know, I mean, in the, in, in, in the individuals you you come in contact with know that as well. Yeah, they know that exactly. they know that you're not a waste of their time. Exactly. That whatever you're looking to get will probably will probably be a will be of access to you. Absolutely. And they're going to do everything out of their power to, to get it done for you because you're a person yep. that values on-time payments, you mm-hmm. values your finances, mm-hmm. you values you know punctuality. Mm-hmm. All all those things are already spoken of you before you open your mouth. Exactly. All you have to do is show a number. Credit score is it's really not just about uh, uh, finances. 
I think credit scores really show the values and the principles of a person. Yeah. Like you just said, punctuality, the respect for time, yeah. the respect for keeping your word. You loan money, pay that shit back. <laughs> That's exactly how it's supposed to go. And it really shows the value of the person. Yeah. So I, I remember I walked into the bank and I was, when I went to refinance my car and I was like, yeah, I want to refinance. He was like, okay, I need your ID. And I was like, okay. And I rubbed my hands together. He was like, oh, you're excited. And I was like, yeah, because I know what's about to happen. He was, like, <laughs> he was like, most people don't come into the bank like that. And I was like, well, I know that this is about to get done. I know I'm about to cut my payments now because I know for two years I've been working on my credit score. So I always tell you guys, do not hire somebody else to work on your credit score because it's consistent throughout your life. If you hire somebody for a quick fix, guess what? You got to maintain it. And if you don't know how to fix it, when it drops, then you're SOL. Very you're true. not you're not doing anything. You need to do it yourself. You guys follow me on Instagram. I've given you tips. I've, <laughs> I've given you everything I can give you, really. Like, utilize it. You don't need to be hiring nobody, paying nobody. Most of that shit is fluke. Once you stop paying them, all that stuff comes back on your report. If you did it, if you owe it, pay it. Now, most times, because it's transferred over to a different uh, creditor, you can pay less than what you owe. So use that as your leverage, but don't think you're about to swindle your way out of getting completely out of it. It's not going to happen, y'all. Absolutely. So I want to know, sorry, Kenji. <laughs> so I want to know from you guys, if I missed anything, you think we, we missed any questions? I think those are five good questions. I want to recap. Number one was what's your role in a relationship? Number two, what are your short-term and long-term goals? Number three, how important is nuclear family structure to you? Number four, what's your most important asset? And number five, do you know your credit score? I hope this is helpful for you CEOs and CEOs looking to find your partner and looking to begin to build your empire. You ask these five questions on your first date and I guarantee you will waste no more time on your first dates. I mean, like, I, again, I, you know, still try to fuck, but, you know, I feel like once, oh, you you get, once you get those out of the way and you feel like you got some leeway with it, then, yeah, I mean, like, you know, if you can get some sex out of the deal as well, then absolutely go for it. I'm absolutely. Sure. If he answers the question, ladies, if he answers these five questions and they're in alignment with you, get it out the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> get it out the way because I had so many friends that, oh, my God, I really like this guy. He has... All these credentials, but what if the sex is black? Yeah. I Find mean, that out first. Yeah, please do. I mean, that's number six. Question number six. Right. What would that dick be like? Or, not, like, or, you know, do you know where the nearest CVS is? Go by Connor. <laughs> Together, as a team. Make it a, make it a team building exercise. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, if you can run errands with somebody, like, that, that is a show of true companionship. Absolutely. I, there's nothing worse, especially for a CEO. Women, we do a lot of errand running, too. So, like... We don't want nobody slowing us down. Yeah. So if we run running errands with you and you slowing us down, like, it's done. Like, you can't. You, again, red flags. So all of these questions, they're meant to throw up the flags for you. Yeah. If there are any red flags, because, again, our most important asset is our time. It's the one thing in this lifetime we cannot get back is time. No amount of money is going to get you your time back. No amount of money that Jeff Bezos has <laughs> is going to get him that time that he had with his wife. There's like, no it. device that that uh, Elon Musk is going to build nope. to bring you back into, into the past nope. to get that time back. Nope, it's, it's nope. Gone. So use these questions as your flag raisers to find out, is, is this person worth spending any more time with? 
it's been very helpful for me finding my partner. And I know I've, I've used these questions and I've collaborated with other people in long-term successful relationships. And these are the questions that we, that we ask. So again, what's your role in a relationship? Number two, what are your short-term and long-term goals? Number three, how important is a nuclear family structure to you? Number four, what's your most important asset? And number five, do you know your credit score? Number six, let's go to the CVS and get some comments. All right, Absolutely. I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace out. Howdy.